Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? It's Harrison Phillips here, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on the Circle the Wagons podcast on Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The Bills had it, and then they lost it, then they had it again, and then they lost it again. And then they finally lose to the Chiefs 42-36 to in overtime in what was an absolutely heartbreaking loss if you're a Bills fan, but a very memorable and fantastic game if you're a fan of football. And unfortunately, we're a fan of both. So <laughs> so it's a little of both. Um, <laughs> crazy, crazy. Shoot me. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we're going to discuss the Bills divisional round loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we're going to give our thoughts on the game. Um, some stats of the game, our sweet sassy. We're going to go over all that stuff, uh, give our goodbyes and all that stuff for the for the postseason, the regular season, postseason, all that stuff. It was a fun ride. Um, but uh, I'm joined by my co-host, John and Mike. And fellas, first thing I want to get right into uh, in our discussion with you guys uh, is just the end of the game, the ending of the game. Um, it was uh, an unbelievable, just just a crazy way to end this game um and like i mentioned if, if you weren't a if you're not a bills fan like what an amazing game this was to watch like oh this was crazy this and that but like for us as bills fans like this is possibly like the worst case scenario where it was so close the bills were within striking distance and you know they score what 25 points in you know three minutes or whatever it was uh to end the game um you know, you had in the fourth quarter, towards the very end of the fourth quarter, you had uh, the Josh Allen scoring, you know, 29-26. Uh, that Gabriel Davis was unblocked for 27-yard touchdown. And then Tyreek Hill had the 64-yard touchdown on the very next, you know, drive. And then Gabriel Davis had a 19-yard touchdown pass to, to, to get up, you know, by three points. And then with 13 seconds left, uh, the Bills had a – by the way, before we get into the very final seconds – should Tyreek Hill have been called for taunting on that 64-yard touchdown pass where he gave the deuces sign to Bill's secondary, or do you think he just swallowed the whistle in that play, or at that point? Because I understand swallowing the whistle, but at the same time, like it's still a penalty. It's still very obvious. And Dominican Sue had a penalty for much less than that call taunting today. Um, or at least around the same, where he pointed in Brady's face after he's, or uh, not Brady's face, Stafford's face when he sacked him. Uh, real quick, what are you guys' thoughts on that? John, I'll start with you. I think he should have been called for taunting. Uh, sure. Uh, I, I missed, I didn't see it, the, the, the deuces <laughs> thing. So, but yeah, if he did it, why not? Yeah, yeah, Mike. No, definitely not. not. What? What? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Is it because you, th- you think it shouldn't matter? It doesn't change the, the trajectory of the game? I mean, he's just sticking his hand up. If you don't want him to do it, stop him. <laughs> I agree with that part. If you don't want him to do that to you, stop him or tackle him. But at the same time, like, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr. got called for it in the uh, in the Super Bowl last season. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy that... Uh, and I'm only saying this because the Bills lost, of course. But, I mean, if you're talking about a longer field goal kick, if you're talking about a longer uh, kickoff, like, that matters in the grand scheme of things. Like, things change. Um, but, anyway, 
Uh, now I'm going to get into. I, I'm I'm upset. I by just that. think they're yeah, they're called. they're. It doesn't loom as large to me as other things do. Okay. <laughs> like 13 seconds left. <laughs> <laughs> That's how okay. you don't how you don't squib kick it there. Yeah. Okay. And, let's let's and, go into and that then, and then just let let them march down for the field. It, it was like the Bills were playing in prevent defense, trying to prevent a touchdown, like a hail mary. Do they not understand? <laughs> and like they've got DBs like guarding the sideline when the Chiefs have three timeouts. Like it just it's it felt like it all fell apart in 13 seconds. Yeah. What is a prevent? defense actually do it just prevents you from winning right like isn't that the whole thing i'm getting an echo from you sorry no no worries uh yeah that's what they say prevent defense just prevents you from winning and tonight was a perfect example of that i don't understand why not that they were not that they were doing well defensively all game at all uh for the most part i mean i think the chiefs pretty much for the most part had their way with the bills defense uh I, I don't know why they weren't at least aggressive, at least forcing Mahomes out of his comfort zone. Because with 13 seconds left, so so Mike, here's a question, okay? And John, obviously, I guess John, um, if you have, what's better, 13 seconds and you get the ball? Patrick Mahomes gets the ball at the 25 yard line. All he has to do is get it 40 yards, less than 40 yards or so, um, for the field goal. Or do you squib kick it? The Chiefs get it at their own 37-yard line or so. It's another 12 yards. And they have the ball with like nine seconds left. Is that a better scenario? Because I see that there's still, in my opinion, there's still two plays at the 37-yard line. They squib kick it. Now, if it's a really good squib kick and they hit like a lineman and it bounces off or whatever, you know, or I don't know. But then again, you know, if you squib kick it out of bounds (laughs) and then it goes and then the Chiefs get the ball at the 40 with, you know, 13 seconds left. Uh I guess I don't know the answer to that. I think hindsight's twenty twenty, but I was very surprised it didn't squib kick it. I think you definitely squib kick it. John? <laughs> I would definitely lean towards squibbing it. I, I'm i more concerned with the, the two pass plays after the after that, but I mean, I don't know. I, I agree like with they, should, they should only rush three and, and had another guy in coverage is what they should have done. Because what did it matter? And it wouldn't, they're not going to get to him anyway. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't get to Mahomes almost all game. Like they, they were close a bunch of times. Didn't actually happen. And then Mahomes would either have a thirty-yard run or he passed the ball in an amazing way. It, like he can, like Josh Allen can, like Patrick Mahomes can, uh, to one of his wide-open receivers. And he just couldn't do it. Yeah, that that did bother me too, John. I think the squib kick was definitely a weird call that they didn't do it. But then what was more. What was more annoying was it? Yeah, they, they, it was like like Mike said, it was like they were trying to guard for the touchdown, not realizing that a field goal ties it. And you have this game one, you just have to force an incompletion, one incompletion, or just stop them from getting to where they need to for the field goal. Um, and they have one of the best kickers in the league, even though he missed a field goal tonight and a, uh, an extra point. Um, still, still, it was a winnable game. They should have won it. Do you think they should have won it? I think they should have won it. I think the Bills should have figured it out. Um, especially giving they had three timeouts, a minute left, and Josh Yellen did all he could to march them down the field and score again, and he did that, and he'll get no credit for it after this week uh, because we're already, we'll already be moved on to the AFC Championship game, the NFC Championship game, but, man, what an effort. Well, it's just, I, like, I, I didn't appreciate how the Bills didn't adjust when Tyron Matthew went out on the first play. It was like they did not capitalize on that at all, it didn't feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, it was like, is as if they didn't until the end of the third quarter or whatever, until that long Gabriel Davis touchdown that they were just like, oh yeah, by the way, Teran Matthews not in the game. Oh yeah, like Dable, what are you doing? Like, take advantage of that. That's this is the same like, guy. He's the heart and soul of the defense, like one of the best players in his position in the league, year in and year out. Yeah, and he was out. The Bills are like, huh. like such a gift. It was like it was like the the coaches were just like, huh, okay. All right, anyway, so let me go back to this playbook where I'm trying to, like, throw passes to the sidelines or, like, try to run up the middle. Like, what are you doing? Pass it deep. Yeah, that that was an extremely frustrating part of there, – there was – so you have that. You have not taking advantage of uh, Teron Matthews' uh, backup, which you definitely abused that first week five showing when Dawson Knox had over 100 yards receiving. 
because he couldn't cover him. And then you also took advantage of the 75-yard touchdown because he couldn't cover Gabriel Davis. So you did that, but you didn't stick with it. Um, but you didn't do it in the beginning. I guess I guess that's what's the most frustrating part for me, Mike, is they, they eventually did do it, but they didn't do it early enough. And how does Stefan Diggs only have like seven yards receiving in this entire game? That was frustrating. The squib kick, the non-squib kick was frustrating. The prevent defense was frustrating. Um, jeez. What are we just listing grievances? <laughs> Here's another. In overtime, like we I don't I don't feel like it does any good to get into the overtime rule. Like we all think it's not good, right? And it needs to be improved because the Bills deserve to have touched the ball, right? Like their offense. But regardless, we knew that going in. It's like if we really believe if any if a teams want to get together and change the rules, like that's fine. You shouldn't wait to get burned by it. Like we all knew what the rule was. Mm-hmm. Right. If you want to see a change, make a change. But th- we all knew going in that was the rule. But for McDermott, like he his his defense was getting gassed. And like, why is he saving his timeouts? Like on those long completions in overtime, like take a timeout, reset, let your guys get a breather, get the play call in. Like I don't know how many plays it was, just a handful. Chiefs get the ball, Mahomes, boom, 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 touchdown, over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting point. Well, I think it's it's kind of good that he kept it because they needed him for that last one minute drive, right? Like when you say that, because uh, so they they did kind of need it, but I think I think to what no, you're saying in in overtime. I'm oh, sorry. in overtime, everything sorry. resets. You got your three timeouts, but they're worthless if they score a touchdown. Like mm-hmm. you don't you don't need them. And they were obviously when Mahomes was dealing, you're like, okay, this it's going to be over. It's going to be over if you don't do something soon to offset it. Yeah. John, where did you get that background, man? It's like uh, the most desolate, dystopian. Like Dystopian is more like urban. That's just like everything's dead emo. in a nuclear winter. Yeah. Yeah. He's got an emo background. It's like a lone tree, like just yeah, for the, dead. Yeah, exactly. Describe it for the folks that are listening on the podcast. It's like it's like a dark, it's like a, an album cover from like a Nirvana album <laughs> in the 90s. Like, it's like, or maybe like Soundgarden or something. It's just this, overcast, yeah. bleak. <laughs> overcast. And John's head is like covering a little bit. I'm, I'd be surprised if there's not like somebody swinging from it. <laughs> from the behind John's head? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a picture of like, yeah, a guy swinging from it. And then John's like. John superimposed his head on it. <laughs> John's not doing so well. John's not doing so hot right now. He's just kind of there. He's there in. in, This is. I mean, to me, like that's the Super Bowl that we just watched. Like, it's not going to get any better. No. Than that, that was the greatest, the greatest game I've ever seen. The I, the greatest game that your team didn't win. So it was the worst game I've ever seen. You kidding me? (laughs) Well, to go back and forth. I can't. I can't remove myself. Twenty five. Twenty five points under two minutes. Um, Everyone else will say that this was an amazing game, and they're one hundred percent right. But for us as Bills fans, it was like the least amazing game out of anyone that could have ever watched a game. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, if you're a Chiefs fan or any other teams fan, um, even if your team lost today, you're like, "Nah, it was a really good game. Like, I really enjoyed that. I'm glad I stayed up for it." For, for us, we're like, just like, "What the hell? <laughs> what what just happened? Like, we had that game won." Josh Allen was going to become the MVP of the league <laughs> after that one, taking out Mahomes, driving his team down with one minute left in the fourth quarter and just dealing just darts everywhere. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not in a, I'm not in as bad a place as John, but I'm not in a good place. I'm not in a great place. I wanted this team. This team tonight could have won the Super Bowl. For sure, and I'll think that like if the if the Kansas City Chiefs don't get in the Super Bowl, then but if the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, like as a Bills fan, you gotta at least think that could have been us hoisting the Lombardi Trophy if if the Chiefs you know ended up winning. So the Bills were almost exactly on the same level as them. Chiefs defense wasn't great tonight either. They're a top ten defense. They weren't that good. So oh, I I hundred percent agree with you. But I'm just trying to get past it. I guess mentally, right? Like. Our nobody died. It's kind of how I'm trying to look at it. <laughs> we're not in the like, dirt right now, so that's a good thing. <laughs> we're above ground. We're yeah, above ground. You like driving home from a a party? We didn't kill anybody. You know, like there's a lot of things that could be worse. It's a lot. Of, like right. it's very disappointing, no doubt. But it's very exciting to be Bills. Like 
we could be right here for 10 years, 15 years if we're lucky, you know, the way Allen's playing. Yeah. So it's at the end of the day, 31 fan bases are going to be disappointed. Yeah. Yep. 31 fan. Yeah. And we're just one of them now. We're just another one of those loser fan bases. <laughs> it's just, yeah. But again, not in the dirt. So that's a good thing. Just, uh, just in the simulation. Right, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what's your, there's, there's a simulation theory. Can you please just explain that for the five listeners that are listening to this? Cause it's Nobody's, just, let's do it when people are actually listening. You think let's people do it. Are here? <laughs> I don't want to waste people's time over so they're actually listening. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. And basically that for those of you that don't know, I'm sure a lot of you do know, but there's probably a lot of people like me that did not know until, you know, Mike explained it to me for a second. It was just basically like, none of this is real. We're all living in a simulation of some sort, either by higher beings like, you know, gods or aliens or something, or like it's a kid playing his Nintendo. Like we're just, all, this is, this is all just a simulation. And I was like, Mike, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And then I, read like a white paper on it or like the summary. I, I know I didn't read a white paper on it. I've never read a white paper in my entire life. <laughs> I, I read the summary on Wikipedia of a white paper. <laughs> it was basically like there's summary only three. Summary. It was it was like there's three different options. It can be this or this or this. And I was just like, well, man, you got a point there. It can really only be those three things. And yeah. So the Bills are just trying to keep it interesting enough so the kid doesn't pull the plug on the Nintendo. That's all. So so thank God for... Uh, well, it's like the idea of like, if we continue to advance technologically, eventually we'll be able to run it's just like a, The Sims, the game on your Xbox or your PlayStation, right? Eventually those games are going to get really good, right? Yeah. So would we run a simulation like in the lab? Like, oh, let's let's just run a simulation of our ancestors. Unless, of course we would. We don't care about bioethics or any of that bullshit. So we would run a simulation on our on our Xbox. Why wouldn't we? <laughs> so if there's millions and millions of those civilizations, like odds are we're one of them, essentially. Mm. What are the odds that we are the first ones to come up with the technology to do so it? So that's why there's a lot of deja vu. It's because of the simulation. <laughs> Is right. Wait, wait. Is is this? A, this isn't a simulation. So this is a simulation of our, our ancestors, or we're in the simulation. Are we doing the same exact things that we did before, or was it just the same pawns? And we're doing. They're trying to play us out to see if we do anything different than what we did. Yes, the latter. <laughs> latter. Oh, okay. It's okay. Like booting up a new simulation sim game. Okay. Okay. I mean, that doesn't make me feel any better about any of this. <laughs> uh, but yeah. If you knew that, if you knew that it didn't matter, you would never try to be a nice person. Like a simulation, you know? If you knew for sure this was a simulation. Eh. Really? Eh, I'd probably still try to be a nice person. <laughs> That's a good point. So it's like, what is it that keeps you in line currently? The fear of the afterlife? Like, there's no afterlife. What, do you, what keeps you... <laughs> <laughs> Especially not for a simulation, there isn't. <laughs> there's the reset button. <laughs> uh I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's really disconcerting. I don't know. I haven't really thought about why <laughs> I try to be a nice person or a good person. This is all. This is this is what this loss is doing to me as a person is questioning my whole entire existence. <laughs> <laughs> my my want of being nice to people from now on is it even worth it? <laughs> yeah, this is that kind of loss. It's like an it's an upper. W- w- it's an existential loss. <laughs> Is that the right, correct term for it, yeah, Mike? Existential? Got it. Yeah. First time I've ever used that term incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just bring it up in random conversations at work. So is this the existential project? Like, that doesn't apply, Nate. Okay. All right. Well, I'll get it right next time. <laughs> Rather than just Googling what existential means, I just keep trying it. I just keep boom, boom. This simulation, eventually I'm going to get existential, right? <laughs> so that's uh, this, this type of loss. It sucks. It's like existence is pain, right? <laughs> yes. John, are you okay, John? John, check in on John. <laughs> our our bi minutely check in on John. <laughs> Not hanging. Wait, he's he's getting out a ornate wooden case. <laughs> <laughs> He's writing. He's he's doing a Shawshank. He's writing. John was here up on the rafters. 
<laughs> so I, I would definitely put the coaching staff on the wall of shame. <laughs> John's been institutionalized. <laughs> Like Brooks in uh, Shawshank. Did you think they were going to win it all this year, John? Yes. Now, is this different from last year, from most years? It was this year more so than ever you thought they were going to win. Yes. This okay. year felt differently. I agree. It did feel differently. But the uh, like, I, I think you need a certain amount of luck, even if you're the best team. Um, so I, I think it's always couched in uh, a certain element of. A lot of it's skill, but a lot of it's luck, and you never know. Sometimes it's just the flip of a coin. For sure. Or, but, but then you talk about luck, and then there's things that you can change, like deciding to squib kick the ball. Like, that's a thing. Like, you could well, still try that. That's what I'm saying. Like, the coaching staff, like, throughout the game, whether it was Dable taking too long to, to change things up or the 13-second debacle or um, – McDermott's aggressiveness on the first drive was good, but then that was it. Like, I don't understand that. It was amazing. Yeah. That, that's what really catches me. I get caught up in are the things that you can change that the bills just weren't able to do. Um, here, let's, let's get right into it. Cause it's going to branch off into more conversations. Um, let's do our stats of the game. Stats of the game is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Um, real quick, we'll do Josh Allen stats. Um, Josh Allen, 27 for 37, 329 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Unbelievable game from Josh Allen. So uh, we had this amazing review on uh, on Apple Podcasts, said some really nice things, had some um, ideas for changing. It was it was the best like critique we'd ever gotten over over a review. And, uh, and not only that, the, the individual was like, hey – like the podcast, here's what I would change if you if I were to change things. And kind of laid it out in a really good way. And so it said the fire emoji rating should be out of 10, which I kind of agree with. John's been pushing for that. Mike's okay with instead of doing half fire emojis. And then it should be based um, clearly, just, just to clarify, it should be based on Josh Allen himself, not on other quarterbacks. And, uh, and the reviewer was like, yeah, because Josh Allen would be molten lava compared to all the rest of the quarterbacks every single week. So uh, fire emoji rating for Josh Allen out of 10 in today's win, I would give him 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10, whatever you can give him. He was not only, obviously, 329 yards, 4 touchdowns, 0 interceptions, 11 carries for 68 yards. I mean, he did it all for the Buffalo Bills. Um, and uh, I mean, it was another great game in primetime. We're in a national stage uh, in, in a playoff game, and he did everything to put the team on his shoulders. Unfortunately, he can't also play defense, so I'm going to give him five fire emojis or as many as I possibly can, all the fire emojis. Um, John, or, or 10, sorry, 10. 10 out of 10, we're doing. John, how many out of 10? 10. 10, Mike? 10. Diaz, all right. He's in Josh Allen leading rusher, like I mentioned, Devin Singletary, 10 carries for 26 yards, one touchdown. He did have that one touchdown. The main reason to bring up stats of the game is not only Josh Allen, but this guy, Gabriel Davis, eight receptions on 10 targets, 201 yards, four touchdowns. Unbelievable stat line. Only nine other players have, or he becomes the ninth player to have 200 plus yards um, in a playoff game and the only player in playoff history to have four touchdowns in the game. Absolutely unbelievable game, especially when you consider this stat, Stefan Diggs, three receptions on six targets for seven yards, zero touchdowns. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Crazy, crazy. Cole Beasley, six receptions for 60 yards on eight targets. And then Devin Singletary. And from there on out, um, there was actually, I mentioned there wasn't a ton of, uh, pressure on Patrick Mahomes. There were two sacks, one from Ed Oliver and one from Taron Johnson. It just like, it felt like, and let me know if I'm wrong guys, but it felt so many times like the bills had him dead to rights. And then he just happened to get out. There was that one, uh, there a few times where he found an open guy, of course, you know, through, through a, a, a great pass completion. There was also that one, uh, penalty. It was a holding play on Dane Jackson and it was happening in, happening in the secondary. And as Patrick Mahomes was going down, it was like third and goal. Uh, you know, it ends up, you know, extending the drive. I believe they scored a touchdown after that. Hold on. Let me check my notes. Yep. That was the one where Byron Pringle got the touchdown. The Chiefs went up 14 to seven. 
we're going to do our Gettysburgs of the game a little bit later, but uh, there's that uh, Patrick Mahomes, 33 for 44, 378 yards, three touchdowns, uh, zero interceptions. Uh, it's a great stat line. It probably would have been about the same as Josh Allen's if Josh Allen had another drive to score a touchdown with. Take that into account. Patrick Mahomes was the leading rusher for the for the Chiefs. Seven uh, carries for 69 yards. Um, he was, I mean, those guys, they're both amazing. They're both slightly different, but they both have some similarities in their game. Both are a threat whenever they can run the ball. Um, Clyde Edwards, Laird, next leading rusher. Seven carries for 60 yards. Um, and then we go into the receiving side of the ball. This was very similar. It felt very similar to uh, last year's AFC Championship game in this respect. Uh, Tyreek Hill leading receiver, 11 receptions on 13 targets, 150 yards, one touchdown. The Bills 100% missed Tredavious White tonight. Um, I'd argue that that would make the difference in today's tonight's loss. Uh, it would have been so good just to have him out there. Travis Kelsey, next leading receiver, um, eight receptions for 96 yards and one touchdown on eight or on nine targets. And uh, yeah, yeah, that that about does it for that side of the ball. Stats of the game. Um, Stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Actually, have a few more stats, as I always do, some fun stats. Um, Six straight games with a Singletary touchdown, including today, but nine total touchdowns this season. Um, we also had the 75 yard touchdown pass was the longest pass of Allen's playoff career and tied for the longest career pass. And the 70, it was also the longest play from scrimmage for the bills this season, that 75 yard touchdown pass. So a lot to say about that. I gave you some stats earlier about Gabriel Davis. So not going to go into that. So that was stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. We're going we are going to take a quick commercial break. After we get back, we will do our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game, our giveaways, our wall of famers and wall of shamers, and uh some tweets from our listeners. So stick around. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm with my co-hosts, John and Mike. And let's do our giveaway real quick. We have five giveaways this week. We have some Zach Moss jerseys and some Andre Reid signed uh, 16 by 20 photos. It was pretty cool. Uh, uh, just going to keep trying to do giveaways until we give everything away, you know? Just do it. So five winners. Um, if you're not, uh, if you've never uh, heard the podcast before, you're not sure how to become a winner. Just leave us a five star review on on uh, Apple Podcasts. Like I mentioned, the gentleman that did that uh, is part of that. Uh, very cool uh, review. It was very long, very well thought out, and I shared it with uh, John and Mike. Um, so obviously, that gentleman is in, and everyone uh, that left us messages are in. And if you're thinking, well, I don't have iTunes, you can create an iTunes account just to leave a five-star review. So uh, I will go from there. 
Um, one of the winners is Snap Flow uh, Urs. 69, like snap flowers, 69. The, the ERS is in parentheses. So snap flow, snap flowers, snap flowers, 69. And then maybe that's Reed Ferguson. Maybe Reed Ferguson is the one that, uh, that wants to be the winner for that. Maybe he's a listener of the podcast. Maybe he's a fan of the podcast. Who knows? Uh, another winner we have uh, at Gamester345. That's at Gamester345. Gamester? Like Napster, but Gamester. Richard W. Griswold. That's Richard W. Griswold. Smith the fifth is a winner. Smith the fifth is a winner. And the last winner is JB Prinzenhoff. That's JD Prinzenhoff. You guys are the five winners. If you heard your name and you were listening and you're a winner, DM me over Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or uh, email us ctwpod at gmail.com and let us know you're the winner. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll send you out that uh, information. I just sent out like 13 giveaways this past week. Real cool thing to do. So uh, uh, all you guys were doing that. You guys were tweeting at us. Uh, I was retweeting a lot of uh, cool photos of uh, people that won stuff. So uh, speaking of winners, next week uh, we're hoping to have Mark on, the winner from the Rumblings uh, Pick'em League that we did for Buffalo Rumblings over at CBS Sports. Uh, I think he was a winner of like, I think it was 200, 250 people. Avid listener of the podcast. If you've heard his tweet, he is the original Hatriot on Twitter. And uh, he won the Thurman Thomas jersey, and he's a winner. So we're hopefully going to have him on next week to do a recap of the entire season uh, with Mike and John. So looking forward to talking to Mark about that. So let's do our Sweet Sassy Molassie Plays of the Game. Our Sweet Sassy Molassie Plays of the Game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, John, John, I'll start off with you. What was your Sweet Sassy Molassie Play of the Game? I don't know any of the the Gabe Davis touchdowns. Those are all pretty good. All four of them, the best, the best. Now, now, according to that review that we got on Apple Podcast, which I mentioned again for the tenth time, uh, it should be a wow play, which I do agree. Like, is is there one of them, one of the four touchdowns that he had, the more wow play? I mean, I'd argue it's the seventy-five yard touchdown catch. Like that one sticks out the most. But then you could also argue that it was the one that put them up ahead right before. Uh, Right before the the Chiefs got the ball back, I'm not sure. This is your this is your uh, sweet sassy molassy play of the game. So you pick. Yeah, I, I basically couldn't decide. That's why I kind of blanketed the. Yeah, I'm play. telling you to decide. That's why I'm telling. Uh, all right, we'll, <laughs> we'll do the long one. Then. The long the one. Nice. Yards. That's what she said. Long, long one. John going with the long one. All right. <laughs> Mike, are you a fan of the long one as well? Will you take the long one? No. <laughs> uh, it was the last touchdown to put him up. Wide open, Gabe Davis. He almost had that toe toe tapping uh, catch out of bounds. I mean, geez, dude, that what a steal in the draft he'll be, he's become, right? Like fourth round pick, unbelievable. Last one to put him up. Ah, man, I love that seventy five yard touchdown. Um, but if we're gonna go a play that was most, I, I mean, I guess. Man, that 75-yard touchdown, it was like, when they did that, I was just complaining over Twitter. They're like, yeah, why aren't they taking advantage of Teron Matthew not being in the game, Mike, to your point? Um, but the one to go up, the one with a minute left, it was just, uh, I yelled at the 75-yard touchdown. I yelled at the TV, but I yelled a lot harder for that touchdown right before overtime. So I'm going to go with that one as well. And Diggs. I, I, I got to change mine to that one too. Nice. Nice. We convinced you, huh? <laughs> good, good. Keep the simulation going. All right, and Stefan Diggs, although he only had seven yards, he did have that two-point conversion, which was an amazing two-point conversion. I have to give a couple of shout-outs to those plays um, for those. All right, those were the sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Now let's go into this was a loss, and there had to have been a tide-turning game. Let's go to our Gettysburg of the game. The Gettysburg of the game is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Man, if there was a play that, that had to turn the tide of this game, I mean, God, it changed nonstop, like back and forth. But part of me thinks that, I should say a good part of me thinks, that the turning point of the game was the coin toss in overtime. I mean, that goes the other way. Maybe the Bills march down the field and get a touchdown. Maybe we're talking the Bills in the AFC Championship game. Because I can't put it necessarily on a single play for like the Bills prevent defense being garbage, you know. I don't know. 
Uh, John Gettysburg of the game. Do you have one? Do you like that one? Yeah. If I, if I had to go with one, I, I, probably go with the coin toss right the chiefs win it and then the way that mahomes had been playing like it just seemed like it was inevitable and like you said if allen won the toss then it would could have gone the other way you know uh mike i'm gonna get your thoughts first before i before i think of another another play that might be somewhat of a gettysburg yeah that's a good one that's a good one um what about the play where dean jackson held tyreek hill on the third and goal, it was a sack the Bills had. It would have forced a definite field goal. They probably wouldn't have gone for it. Um, and then they gave him a new set of downs. The Bill, or the, the Chiefs got a touchdown right on that one. It turns from seven, from it goes from three points to seven points with that with that holding play. Didn't even stop Tyreek Hill. It was it was a worthless holding play. Now some people are saying over Twitter, yeah, it shouldn't have been called. Yeah, I agree. It didn't stop his progress. But when they see the jersey held, unlike. Unlike the Stefan Diggs jersey being held by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was it Fonte Davis the third or whoever Davis the <laughs> third in the Bucks game? Like that should have been called. But normally they'll call that when they see jerseys being held. Uh, what do you think about that play? Someone impactful, specific play that could have been the game. Yeah, that was tough. the second quarter. Yeah, it's it's tough to. I mean, like, isn't especially in in the later later stages of the game that momentum was shifting back and forth so rapidly. Um, I, I I don't know. So speaking of holding, though, didn't it seem like Ed Oliver was getting held quite a bit? Yeah, the entire game. <laughs> it did feel like that. How many times did it get called? It got called once. <laughs> the entire game. Okay, so I'm going to switch my sweet sassy molassy play to definitely that last touchdown because I forgot to mention that that final Gabriel Davis touchdown where, where he was unblocked or he was uncovered for that 27-yard touchdown, it came on a fourth and thirteen. Like that's absolutely the sweet sassy molasses play of the game. I don't know if there's a it was fourth and thirteen. The season was on the line. Not only did they get the first down, they got a touchdown. Like that's that's unheard of. So that's like that's like Andy Dalton getting a Tyler Boyd touchdown. Like that's just that never happens. So that was the Gettysburg of the game, play of the game. Gettysburg of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. All right, let's go into Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers. Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Let's start with the Wall of Fame. We got to go Gabriel Davis. Has anyone can is anyone not going to say Gabriel Davis? I know Josh Allen. It's I don't know. I always I always struggle with this when there's a receiver. It's like, do you give it to Josh Allen? Still, um, I think just I think I'm just going to have to go Gabe Davis. I think Josh Allen had an unbelievable game, unbelievable game, but. Just this, what he did, what, what Gabriel Davis did today was, has never been done. It's all a credit to Josh Allen, but it's also a huge credit to Gabriel Davis for holding on to all those, all those passes and not, you know, becoming stone hands when it mattered. Gabe Davis, John. Agree. <laughs> Mike. Totally wrong. It starts and ends with Allen. Okay. I wouldn't say totally wrong. I just, it's just a di- di- disagreement in, <laughs> in who we have, but. Mm. You put somebody else back there everything. that's not that's not Mahomes, who's not Mahomes. Gabe Davis doesn't have the, the the day that he does. Or if you move Diggs's coverage onto Davis, Stefan Diggs has the game. Yeah, I think you're I think you're overthinking this. Why is it just so? Give, just give it to Gabriel Davis. Why is it so? It's why, why does it have to be wrong? Why is everything so binary with you, Mike? It's either yes or no, black or white, ones or zeros. Usually, it's not, but. <laughs> When it's really, really obvious. Okay. Swap out the players. Like Allen, in my mind, is top three. It's him and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So if w- at what point do you take credit away from Josh Allen and give it to a receiver? Is there any point? Or is it always Josh Allen? If there's a good receiver, it doesn't matter because Josh was throwing him the ball. It wasn't just him as a statue back there, man. He was the way he made plays with his He was the top rusher, too. Low, yeah. Like evading the defensive line, extending the plays. I think you could. I think you could have put in with. He almost had four hundred yards with the Chiefs secondary. The way it was, I think you could plug in a lot of different receivers and have got the output of Gabriel Davis today. I don't think you can say that about Allen. All right, all right. Well, based on that, you would never pick a receiver 
it, it well, I would when Allen throws three touchdowns or three interceptions and fumbles. And... <laughs> <laughs> so if he throws for 300 yards but has a, a, a couple of turnovers at least or whatever. Okay. So if there's any chink in the armor, then it allows the, your ability to pick someone else besides. I think that might be the greatest playoff game ever with between the two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We basically witnessed the AFC championship game today. I think at least we think we did. I think we did. So you're right. I mean, I, I, I mean, I love, I'm torn, I right? Like I'm, I love Alan. I'm torn. Like this, it feels like this was our year. We beat the Pat. We destroyed the Pats. Perfect game. Brady is out, right? Cincinnati sucks. <laughs> They're paper tigers. Uh, the path was wide open. Like this was it. So yeah. on that hand, like man, that's rough. On the other hand, we're not dead. <laughs> you know what was? We rough, have fun sorry. watching a game, and thirty-one at the end of the year, thirty-one fan bases are uh, disappointed. So it's nice that we can get together, have fun, have talk, interact with fans, and enjoy it. And it is what it is. You want to hear one reason to be more pessimistic and upset? <laughs> How would you, John? I know John would like uh, to hear it. <laughs> John's already carving up John was here into the rafters, <laughs> getting on that table. So I, uh, he, the, he, the Bills, this was, this is, was, a, is the, <laughs> is the rickety stool store still up for John? <laughs> John's already written out his, uh, yeah. So, um, John's like, that's not funny. So, <laughs> so Josh Allen was like, his, his cap hit was like nine or $10 million this year. Right. And people are like, well, his, his real contract doesn't take place for another two years. So technically next year is like a huge window open to keep the defense together, to keep whatever, but like his cap hit still, it doesn't become 40 million next year, but it becomes 22 million, which is still markedly less than like 35 to 40 million. Right. But at the same time, it's a lot more than 10 million. So if you go from 10 to 12 million or 10 to 22 million, that's a $12 million gap that you just lose in cap space. Although it's not as much as 40 million, it's still a lot. So you're talking about an Emmanuel Sanders, you lose an Emmanuel Sanders plus, you know, whatever, like, let's say it was a, if they didn't resign Matt Milano, like that's a Matt Milano and a Taron Johnson. Like those are two studs you lost. You won't be able to resign next year. So, and the year after that, what's the cap hit go up to? It goes up to, I believe, it's, it's in the high 45. 30s. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes from like, yeah, 22 to like 38 or 39. I don't have the numbers right on me, but it almost doubles. It almost doubles. So this was our year. It feels like this was our year because they got hot at the right time. And, uh, you know, I, I don't like to play the depressing Bills fan, but like this year had implications that next year doesn't have. Um Bean has been remarkable at signing these like one or two year players for like three or four million dollars. And you're talking about losing twelve million dollars in cap space next season. You can't sign three of those guys, two of those guys. Hopefully you know? it was him and not his assistant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the one they left for uh for the or for the Giants, right? Yep. Joe Joe Shane. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will find out, Mike, in the next three or four years. Well, we can tell that at least Brandon Bean plus Joe Shane <laughs> has been like the reason why the Panthers were good for so long because Dave Gettleman got not only got fired from the Panthers, but then he like quote unquote retired from the Giants, you know, which is just a way of saying, hey, we're going to fire you. Would you like to do it on your own terms? <laughs> we're going to, we should talk about firings and hirings next week on our own personal experiences. I think we'll do that. If you guys are sticking around for this podcast and wait, next week is just going to be a fun episode. We'll have Mark on, but we'll also, uh, maybe talk about hirings and firings because we'll probably have a, a coach to talk about a coach leaving at least one coach. Uh, After this, who <laughs> Dable Dable will, will definitely be taking a job. I'm sure because the offense wasn't the re- they scored 36 points today. You can't look at that. I, although I will agree that like Dable was not part of, he did hold them back. Isn't that contradictory? It's, that's not the first game that he's done this too. Like the, the Patriots wind game, like the, far too late in the game to start throwing it's yeah it's almost like you know as a fan that they should start doing it it's it's too late right like when we see things it's like it's too late you should have already reacted and he didn't for sure so but you're convinced he's getting a 
job. Ah, I, th- I think he's, I think there, I don't know how many openings there still are, but I mean, Joe Shane left for the Giants. He's going to take one of those guys, I think, with him as his head coach, either Brian Dable or Leslie Frazier. And that's just my instinct. He knows those guys better than anything. He knows, I guess the question we have to ask ourselves as fans is, is that a bad thing or is that potentially a good thing? I'd like to see which head coaches have been axed that we can add as our potential uh, coordinators if they don't elevate the guys below them. So, or if they don't bring them with them, like they might bring Ken Dorsey with them. Uh, Ken Dorsey might go and become the offensive coordinator for the, uh, for the bills or for the giants. If uh, Dable becomes head coach anyway, lots of, lots of fun stuff to discuss. We'll see. Um, wall of fame. So I also want to give a shout out to Matt Hawk because I don't know about you guys. I never doubted Matt Hawk for a second. Guys always been good in, in my book. If you guys were part of the Twitter spaces, uh, earlier, which I, I'm going to release a little bit later this week. Uh, that was a fun discussion. Somebody mentioned Hawk. He had, he had a couple of really good punts. Um, he was the guy that tackled Tyreek Hill to stop that, to stop that return from becoming a touchdown. And not only was that important because that drive ended, actually didn't end up in a touchdown for the chiefs. It ended up being a field goal. So that was a huge play by Matt Hawk. So as much as uh, everyone else out there besides us, we're the only ones in the, in the realm of social media or, you know, podcasting that just were a hundred percent behind Matt Hawk this whole time. Um, for all of you guys, I hope you guys are eating crow right now for all those terrible things you said about him because uh, he had a good game today. <laughs> it's a good game. All right, let's go into our wall of shame. John, you've been thinking about it. You've already mentioned it a little bit. You're putting coaching on wall of shame, right? Yes, whole, co- whole co- coaching staff, McDermott, Dable, Frazier, er- everybody. So what do you put McDermott on for? Was it he iced the kicker before the half? Remember that? I mean, that was an amazing play. He had timeouts when he needed. What, what, what are you? What's your beef with McDermott? Because I could understand Frazier. We mentioned Frazier earlier. The prevent defense, uh, his inability to pr- to 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 stop Patrick Mahomes for most of the game, and then Dable with a lot of those. Like I agree with everything uh, Frazier and Dable. What about McDermott? Well, for one, the sequence at the end of the game, right? So like he's got to make those decisions. Like how the you know what they're gonna do for the kick in the and, you know it is his defense. I know Frazier's calling the plays, but like he's got a part to play there. And then so like the first drive, you know they had the two fourth down aggressive decisions. They end up getting the touchdown, but that was gone after that drive. They had like two fourth and fours at midfield. They didn't go for. They had a fourth and one that they didn't go for. Like I don't know what happened there. They started to play like ultra conservative. The fourth and one was on their own 34. So like, I, I kind of agree with that one, especially as good as Mahomes was playing. You give yeah, that and to- the bills and the bills punted and Mahomes got a touchdown. Like you, you gotta like, yeah, I remember seeing like in two or three plays, they were right back to that 34 yard line. So what would you have lost? Right. Yeah. Man, when you put it like that, I guess, I guess that's a, it's a pretty decent point. McDermott, Dable, Frazier, the coaching staff. What about the defense? Anything on the defensive side? Like, cause I mean the Frazier can only do so much. He can only call the plays. Well, it seemed like they weren't like at times lined up even the way that they might maybe should have, especially, you know, at the, very noticeable at the end, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I mean, that's gotta be on the coaching, right? Like they, they're the, you know, the number one defense all year, right? The players, I mean, okay. Trey white wasn't in the game, but I don't know. Yeah, some miscommunications of some sort. Yeah, the adjustments, the lack of adjustments the Buffalo Bills made today uh, on offense and defense, and that leads up to McDermott. Good. I like that one. Mike, who do you put on your wall of shame in today's playoff loss? I'm really disappointed in the Bills' ability to tackle. It seemed like they, the first guy there could never get an offensive player down, but what really sticks out is the 13 seconds. And I guess that's on Leslie Frazier. With we've highlighted it before, but it seems like they're protecting against the long, uh, inexplicably protecting against the touchdown. Would you take that over the call to not squib kick it? I mean, that goes to John's point about coaching, like whole not... sequence there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Wall of shame for me is yeah, is yeah the end of game sequence. I mean, they had the game one, um, and then they just it's like they uh, they found. 
What, what did we always say during the drought? The Bills were always great at uh, grasping at defeat out of the claws of victory. Is that what? Is that the saying? Mike, you know sayings. John? Uh, I think the word you're looking for is sucked. They suck. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's fair. That's what I was looking for. That was the phrase I was looking for. Is the Bills sucked at the end of the game, that sequence. The Bills didn't suck all game, though. It was a, they were great most of the game. Great. I think it's good. usually like snatching Those victory times. from the jaws of defeat, but for us, it would be reversed. Yeah. Snatching. Yeah. During the drought, man, that's how they. That's the only way they knew how to do it. Snatching uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory. <laughs> <laughs> that was always a good time. Hey, at least we're not there. Not only are we not in the dirt, but we're not in the drought either. So those are two things. Maybe I'll make that in a t-shirt. Not in the dirt, not in the drought. <laughs> <laughs> what would the icon be? Just like a smiling face? <laughs> It'll be John <laughs> from the tree. <laughs> No, just kidding. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. It'll be. It won't be a tombstone because t- not there. So, um, smiley. <laughs> you know what? What is that one brand that's like super famous uh, clothing brand? Life is good. Mm. Maybe we should make one. It's like life is meh. <laughs> it's it's all right. I mean, you're not in the dirt, so that's good. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Life well, I'm okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> life is so so life is life's all right <laughs> i won't miss it when it's over. <laughs> i'm reminded i won't miss it when it's over on days like this on nights like this on games like this and weeks like this uh well, luckily what, we you, what would we put on john's tombstone <laughs> <laughs> next year <laughs> Next year they're winning the big one. <laughs> <laughs> Next year is our year. Next year sure. is our year. Seventeen and zero. I called it. John, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd visit you if the Bills if the Bills won and you had a tombstone. I would visit your tombstone after the victory and have a beer with you. Well, it'd be like in February, dude. Oh yeah, I'd have to wait till it was warmer out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. I mean, not not like in summer either. You got so much going on. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you couldn't do it in summer. Summer's the best time to be in Western New York. Yeah, you get to like enjoy April the May area. Yeah, but it's a little rainy then. It's a little <laughs> kind of cold. It's a little too cold still. So maybe around like the maybe first fall. Game. Yeah, maybe around fall. fall. Oh, but we're so busy like with the <laughs> football season and fantasy football and the. And, We'd be all you know, excited about the new season. The new season, would we just wouldn't press the. Show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thinking about John visiting his. Yeah, it would just depress us. I'm gonna have my ashes spread all over your property, <laughs> so I'll always be with you. <laughs> <laughs> And then we'll just justify people never- move, you know. People- like- <laughs> people- <laughs> I might live in like twenty places. <laughs> I've had at I'm least. Glad you mentioned this before I wrote this down. 12, yeah, world. yeah, right. <laughs> 12, you should give us like twenty different miniature urns so we could take you with us to every single property. You know, we had just to be safe. We'd always if if John got buried the regular way, like and then we'd. We'd not visit him, but we'd make excuses like I do for relatives and be like, well, they're not really there. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're not. Vis- I mean, you know, that's not them. Um. Anyway. And just like, oh, just think about him for a second. That's better than visiting them. It's just, oh, yeah. I just say, think about him. Yeah. Pray about them. Yeah, that would be much. They, they, I, I get much more out of it. They'll get much more out of it. I mean, you know. <laughs> You'd pray about John? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess would I? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, would would I? I think I would just talk to him. There wouldn't be as much of a prayer, I guess. Yeah. Like, hey, John. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? (laughs) It'd be like a podcast. John would be like, it'd be like the podcast where you'd be like, not much. (laughs) Super short. (laughs) Good talk. (laughs) Love you. 
Oh, John. Anyway, so my my wall of shame is going to be that sequence. I also have a lot of uh, shout-outs for wall of shame. One was going to be Dane Jackson, but Dane Jackson was worse in the first quarter. Um, still, didn't do any favors. Tremaine Edmonds, by the way. Um, I think we're going to talk a lot about Tremaine Edmonds in the offseason. But, man, like Tremaine Edmonds is not – he still has not reached his potential. And it becomes more and more clear when he's not covering the right guy or he misses in coverage or, like, he just he's just not making enough – Blash plays or I don't think he's bad. Like, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think he's good as good as we had hoped yet. And this is his fourth year. So he may never get that way. Um, Tremaine Edmonds. Did you guys hear Bill Cower in halftime uh, on the halftime report on, uh, on CBS? He was saying basically that uh, Allen, Allen was a, he was comparing Allen and Mahomes. It's like Allen is a running back that likes to play quarterback, and Mahomes is a quarterback that likes to play running back. You know, <laughs> and I was just like, "Are you like? Have you not, guy? Have you not watched a Bills game in the last two seasons? Like that's something that you would just look at the stats and just write that. You know, like like somebody who's who's seen like the stat line of every game would be like, how can you not see at this point? It, one, how have you not watched one game of? Josh Allen and he's very good at running but how can you not say he's a quarterback first I don't get that that was extremely <laughs> you just you just throw your hands up and you're just like you know what some people just never get it right some people are just they're just gonna think what they're gonna think until he wins a Super Bowl and it's on a national stage where everyone in, in the country or the world is watching and he puts on a performance like today they're just gonna keep saying stuff like that because that's what they said out of college. That's what they said for his first season and part of his second season too. So anyway, Bill Cower for saying that. Spencer Brown for not being able to block Melvin Ingram. Granted, Melvin Ingram's an amazing pass rusher, but Spencer Brown, he was a rookie today for sure. Melvin Ingram made him look that way. Melvin Ingram was tossing him aside too. It was like Spencer Brown probably has like 60 pounds on him and probably six inches in height. And he was... Melvin Ingram was just throwing him around. It was, it was crazy. Um, let's see. Everything I mentioned, not getting the ball in overtime. Tyreek's, Tyreek Hill's taunting taunting call not being called. Uh, man, the prevent defense and regulation, not getting the ball in overtime, uh, not making the Chiefs return, Yeah, not doing a squib kick, all those things. Wall of shame. Wall of famers and wall of shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Only going to do a few reads for the for the uh, tweets uh, today. So uh, hopefully you guys get in. The original Hatriot, Mark, who's hopefully going to be on next week. Wall of Fame, Gabriel Quattro Davis. Wow. Wall of Shame, clock management, 17 seconds. Make him run the kickback and burn off clock. Unacceptable. Love McDermott, but that was really a bad way to end regulation. Matt Kerbo writes, Wall of Shame, that dude that tried to tackle Josh in the open field. Hope he recovers from the whiplash and the other maladies he received. <laughs> That's right. Josh Allen murdered someone today on the field. Jeez. He, he ran into someone and caused a concussion, I think. It was crazy. Um, one more. One more, one more, one more. Uh, Matt, Matt Kerbo again. Wall of Fame, obviously Josh and Gabe, but don't sleep on that catch by Diggs in the biggest moment to put, a, put us up by three. He's uh, talking about the uh, two-point conversion. That was an amazingly clutch moment from someone who hadn't had the game he wanted but was still on the point was still on point the second he had to be. Absolutely. All right, let's do last one goes to who are we going to end it on? Keeping the receipts. Wall of Fame, Josh Allen and Gabe, D Gabe Davis. They did everything they possibly could. Wall of Shame, the pass rush. Not getting Mahomes on the ground more than once proves that the pressure rate doesn't mean shit in real game setting. <laughs> I like that one. Thank you, Keeping the Receipts. Um, going to do some quick thank yous. Um, only have a few minutes left. Um, first off, I want to thank Mike and John, obviously for being co-hosts, uh, each and every week that they can, um, they spend each Sunday night staying up late with us. Even if it's a Thursday night game or a Monday night game, um, they risk, they, they basically give up sleep every Sunday night for an early Monday morning for this podcast. Um, this wouldn't be the same without them. Um, we started this off five years ago. Just happy to get a couple of listens, and we've grown into uh, a lot bigger uh, since then, obviously. Um, um, so uh, appreciate them being a part of it. One of my um, 
one of the greatest parts of, of that is having three different opinions. One of the, th- the things I love about the podcast, besides the fact that we've been friends for so long and that we uh, continue to be really good friends, um, is that we have three different opinions. And uh, and it's nice to, to listen to something that uh, I hope you guys enjoy listening to something that has three different opinions. Um, and some of them you agree with, some of you you don't agree with, but at least you hear sides. At least hopefully you walk away from this podcast each and every time with thinking about a different thing, um, having a laugh uh, and enjoying it. And it obviously would not be anywhere near the same without Mike and John. So thank you guys for being a part of it. I want to thank our wives and girlfriends and our significant others for putting up with it uh, because I know it takes time away from our families and other responsibilities. So thank you to them for doing it. Uh, Thank you for the folks over at Buffalo Rumblings, um, Anthony, and all the other amazing podcasts within the network that keep you guys informed, uh, keep us all informed week in and week out. Um, Reactions to the game, um, pregame, matchups, previews, all that fun stuff. I mean, this is such a cool thing to be a part of. And it was cool because we were the first podcast on the network and we've seen it grown so much since then. So thank you to those uh, folks um, over there do a tremendous job. Um, Thank you to uh, the fans. Thank you to all of you that listen week in and week out. Uh, There's plenty of places that you could go for Buffalo Bills uh, information, um, but we're glad you guys have stuck with us. you guys have left some amazing reviews. Granted, obviously, we're doing giveaways and stuff like that, but uh, but some really nice things you guys have said, things that aren't just necessarily for giveaways, things that are really heartfelt that you probably don't get necessarily. Uh, one of the things that I always appreciate, and I know I mentioned this a few times this season, but when people say that it's just like talking with your friends um, on a podcast or in a, having a conversation, um, a lot of you do that with your friends, like on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. Some of you do it in person. Some of you do it over group chat, group text. Um, this is just an extension of that. And I hope you guys enjoy that extension of it. And for those of you that don't have that, some some of you are overseas, either in the military, maybe you don't have uh, people from Western New York in your platoon or whatever. Uh, I know we have a lot of military uh, personnel listening. For those of you that are transplants that are living in a different city that don't have Bills fans near you or something. Um, for those of you that have, you know, just, in general, just don't have a, a ton of friends that are that are Bills fans. Uh, I always appreciate you know us our conversations being just an extension of that, and you guys hopefully feeling like you have a voice and uh, and three friends that you can listen to and talk to. So, um, uh, unless I missed anything, is there anything else I forgot, Mike and John, about thank yous or anything like that? Um, not going to thank the coaching staff. <laughs> I can't think of anything else, but no, appreciate um, everything that you guys have done for sure, Mike and John. So uh, thank you guys for doing this. Uh, I think we're going to sign off for the season, but we're still going to continue into the off season. Um, We'll do quicker podcasts then uh, because we won't have a three hour game to break down um, and some crazy coaching calls and all that stuff. Uh, So we'll make them quicker in the off season, but we'll lead you right up into the free agency and the draft and go from there. So uh, signing off for the last, uh, last post game recap of the 20, 21 season for John. Go Bengals. <laughs> for Mike. This was a lot of fun. It was a great season. I think they'll be right back here uh, next year. Go Bills. And for me, Nate, I hope that the simulation brings us into a Super Bowl win next season. Uh, it's going to be a fun conversation going into the offseason, what the Bills can improve on, what they can do better, players they can get, draft picks they can get, all that fun stuff. We have you covered. Go Bills. We'll talk to you guys soon. Buffalo, stand up. It's the mafia. <laughs> uh, it's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Yo. Uh, it's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Yo. We got Josh Allen, got Step Diggs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. Yeah. Ike McKenzie on a jet sweep, maybe it's a fake. Honestly, it's a TD either way. When you got Diggs and Bees and Gabe Davis, three-headed single Terry Moss Brader. Who gon' stop us? We the greatest. Forget Mahomes, forget Kelsey, forget Hill. Come and replay us, cause we ready. Sebastian like Boogie, yeah, we ready. Moving for Cody Four, we 
ready, kick they bucket like Ike. Yeah, we ready, Dawson Knox with a spike. Are you ready? Season tickets, I'm hype up the team ready. Buffalo, this is our team forever. Forever. We got Josh Allen, got step digs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. It's a Bill City. A Buffalo Bill City. It's a Bill City. It's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Buffalo Bill City. Yeah. We got Josh Allen, got step digs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. It's a Bill City. It's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Buffalo Bill City. Yeah. What? It's a Bill City. It's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Buffalo Bill City. Uh, yeah, Taron Johnson with a pick six, it's just too easy, don't pass it to Treyway, please believe me, we got high right behind him in Poya Free, please don't run up the middle unless you want to meet a star, Greg Russo will show you what he's about, Trey Edmonds and Matt Milano can't get around him, our team is grounded, oh yeah, Sebastian like Boogie, yeah, we ready, moving for Cody Ford, we ready, kick they bucket like Ike, yeah, we ready, Dawson Knox with a spike, are you ready, season tickets, I'm hype up the team, ready, Buffalo, this is our team forever. Forever. We got Josh Allen, got step digs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. It's a Bill yeah. City. Yeah. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>